What's up, Fieldsmark? I'm Fernando Shimuji. That's your leading the charge. Today, again, with Randy Hartman. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. And welcome, those markets to this Bills talk, free agency talk, draft crushes talk. Let's start looking at the future Bills. Probably, Randy, welcome. Thank you so much, man, for joining me again today. No problem, man. Always a pleasure to be on. Appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. Bills Maka, hit that but, uh, like button, subscribe to Buffalo Rumbling's channel, and feel free to interact via the comment sections um, uh, on YouTube for you do, that aren't live with us. If you're live with us here, feel free to opine via the, the chat. We'll be interacting with you all along this, this show today. Randy, uh, it's Super Bowl weekend just ahead of us, right? And, and after that, then I believe all the league moves on to to draft talk and to free agency talk, right? As Bills fans and, and covering the Bills, we are already in this mode. But just out of curiosity, what are your thoughts for this Super Bowl? Do you have a, a favorite in this matchup? What are your thoughts on it and, and, and your best guess for the results there? Oh, I mean, I'm definitely rooting for San Francisco. For sure, um, 100%, on top right? of on top of the dislike of the Chiefs, uh, you know I think the story of Brock Purdy is is pretty cool. To be honest with you, going from last pick in the draft to potential Super Bowl champion in his first two years, so it's a cool story. There's a lot of good threads, um, but yeah, I'm definitely rooting for San Francisco. Yeah, 100. I, I I find it difficult for for Bills Mafia to be rooting for the Chiefs after, after all, right? And definitely, San Francisco has been, yeah, has can't, been knocking can't on there, right? Yeah, it's been uh, so close to it, and hopefully they can uh, get this Super Bowl ring and, and keep one, at least one more outside or, or outside of Mahomes and, and those Chiefs reach, right? So that's what I'm rooting for as well. But I'm not overly confident that San Francisco can do it, man. I, I don't know. I really, I'm really worried about they not being able to do so with Mahomes, Kelsey playing his best at the, the most important time. We'll see. It, it looks like in a good, uh, balanced game, and we'll see, right? Hopefully, Christian McCaffrey can be on fire and those all those weapons. And San Francisco can pull this one out, right? And how about those those awards from last night? Because yeah, I mean, obviously I think... it's not the subject, right? Go on. Yeah, uh, that award show was probably one of the most confusing awards <laughs> ceremonies I've seen in a long time. Uh, aside from like Stroud and, and Anderson winning, there was. I mean, coach of the year going to Stefanski over Dan Campbell. How? Yeah. Uh, the MVP voting. How? Uh, comeback player of the year. What? Um, I'm, I mean, he just over and over again, these, I, whoever these voters are, uh, and I guess they released in the names of who the voters are, they're clueless. They're absolutely clueless. I mean, look, I, I get that the Bills weren't the best team in the league, but. Across the, across the board, down the numbers, there's nobody that was more valuable to their team than Josh Allen was. There's nobody who was more valuable overall than Josh Allen was. Um, but again, MVP isn't about the best player. It's about the best player on the best team. Um, so as much as everyone hates it, uh, wins, for lack of a better term, are a quarterback stat, and Josh didn't have enough this year to get the voting. So what are you going to do? Yeah, man. It's it's totally crazy and and I feel like sometimes some some things like the Pro Bowl and all the changes that we've seen in the Pro Bowl game right because it was nowhere near uh, entertaining with the lack of uh, of the players not wanting to get hurt and and so on so they needed to change it to the competition so some of those stuff reached to a point where you gotta change and I feel like last night's voting reach the, those those these statues you know where somebody got a 
have something done about it because it's crazy, man. It's not just us as Bills fans and 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 talking about Josh because obviously we watch every game more than once most of the time and every single snap from Josh and we know how valuable he is for the Bills and and how necessary he was to the Bills to be able to to be the number two seed. It's not like we are talking about the wild card team that you know it's they were the number two seed right uh, yeah right behind the Ravens and it was pretty clear the Ravens had way better all around they were way better all around uh Lamar Jackson than the Bills were around Josh Allen how much Josh had to do to elevate this team to this to this standard so but it's not just a, a, about us look at the Lions you just talked about the Dan Campbell the Lions didn't have anybody competing in anything there you know like they were like okay just another season from the Lions after all those I years mean, of being an awful team they can't even win a, a single award in this in this voting it's crazy to me to, to me Dan Campbell losing coach of the year was probably the second most egregious snub of the night you know I mean you could definitely make a case for Josh I think he was the MVP of the year um, for this season but I can understand why some people might feel differently Jamar Hamlin despite the number of snaps that he actually played him just being able to step on a field in a professional manner he should have been comeback player of the year. Uh, I, I don't. I don't see how you could see it any differently. Joe Flacco played what six games um, for an already playoff contending team. I mean, come on, you know it, it's a yeah. great story. He came off. He came off his parents' couch to lead him to the playoffs. Cool. That's that's awesome. That's gr- great for Joe Flacco. Uh, but I mean, Hamlin was a comeback player of the year. Dan Campbell. The Lions haven't ever been to a title game they've never they've never gone they've never even been to an nfc championship game and dan campbell gets them there as as a guy who was basically universally laughed at when he took the job and then Mm -hmm. for a team that was universally panned aside from some people like me who loved their draft um Mm -hmm. last year when they took jameer gibbs and jack campbell you know, and they're they're getting brushed off and saying, "Oh, the same old lions." You know, well, look at what they yeah. did this year. How is that not coach of the year stuff? Yeah, he made a goof in the game, you know, and it might it probably cost him. But overall, that I mean, to me, that's the coach of the year. Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. Come on. Yeah, man, I I, I really have no words, and then and also Shanahan because look. People don't give props to Purdy because he's a system quarterback, right? And and I kind of agree, right? He's not Josh Allen, he's not Patrick Mahomes, but people want to diminish his feats talking out. He's a system quarterback, he has a great run game, he has a great system, he has great playmakers around him. So, and the guy who built this system and runs this system and, and puts the team in the number one seed as well in the other conference, so he's not worth maybe being talked and in, in getting the, the the award as well as the coach of the year. So you know they you know if one thing I, I kind of in terms of San Francisco in terms of San Francisco and the whole system quarterback thing, if it was this if it was all the system, then Trey Lance would be their starting quarterback. If it was all yeah. the system, then Jimmy G would have lasted would have done better there. You know, it's the system mm-hmm. is good. I no argument there. It's not just a system. Purdy is a good player. Does he have an elite skill set? No. Does he have elite measurables? No. Does he have bad games every now and again? Yes. He had a, he had a stretch this year where he had three or four pretty much subpar games based on his standard of play so far in his career. But is he a good player? Yes. Is he the is he the guy that's kind of driving? that offense from the quarterback position? Yes. Is it something that you could just stick in any Joe Schmo and they would operate same way? No. He makes big throws, game in and game out. And to sit there and put it off on the weapons and say, oh, well, look at all the players. Who doesn't do well with good weapons around them? What are we talking about here? What are we talking about in terms of 
on one hand, we're going to say, you got to give Josh weapons. You got to add more weapons for Josh. We're about to talk about that. But then on the other hand, you have people saying, well, you know, you can't give Purdy credit for what he's doing because he's got all these weapons around him. Shut up. Pick a side. <laughs> if you're going to have that yeah. mentality about it, then don't sit here and cry about giving Josh weapons, which I agree with. You should give Josh as many weapons as he wants. That's fine. But you can't take credit away from somebody else because the team already did that for him. It's stupid. Yeah, man. And then you have like Christian McCarthy and Purdy. I, I get really frustrated with that, with that whole conversation. <laughs> no, you're, it's totally right. You're totally right. I can't agree more, man. And, and then you have Christian McCarthy and Purdy kind of nullifying each other in the MVP race, you know? And then neither of them are the MVP because because Shanahan is too good of a coach and then Shanahan isn't the coach of the year because maybe, I don't know, he has too good of players. So make things make sense to me because I really can't make sense of this voting. And, man, I really feel like the NFL got to do something and, about these awards. And that's and, and because you have some voters that have no clue. And what, what surprised me even more, Randy, about Josh not getting more respect Uh, uh, and, and more votes to be the MVP of the season with the drastic difference in his stats, in the way he, you know, how much he was asked from the Bills uh, compared to how much was asked from Lamar from the Ra for the Ravens. And even worse, people were kind of talking trash about the guy, uh, Aaron Schatz, who defended him. He actually was the only one who put an article out there Uh, explaining his why Josh was his MVP and why he had his all pro like he had, and I saw people black black uh, lashing him and talking trash about his vote and wanting because he was a homer and took the the uh, the only vote out of Lamar Jackson train as Lamar had an awesome uh, season and that season. Uh, Stat-wise, it's comparable to a Tyra Taylor season, his best season maybe as a Bill. So it's totally crazy how people are so disrespectful to Josh and they were like, no, he had no business being in the conversation. Come on, what games are you watching? Because that dude was clearly the most uh, clinical player in the league, the guy who scored most touchdowns, gained more yards. You know, he was uh, a one-man offense mainly, and, and well, people were well, out there like, well, oh, what is, are people doing I, voting on Allen? I think this year really proves that, you know, unless somebody is having a runaway season, okay, it's very much a narrative award. And the narrative the entire year was the Ravens and Lamar, even though the numbers didn't back him back up him being the MVP, And on the other hand, you had the narrative of, look at all these interceptions that Josh is throwing. Yeah, mm -hmm. he threw a bunch of interceptions. You know what he also did? Scored a lot of fucking touchdowns. That's what he did. Yeah. He threw for the most yard, or he had the most yards total in the entire league. I mean, it, it's cherry, it's cherry picking stats to make an argument based on your predetermined biases is what it comes down to for a lot of for a lot of these guys. Absolutely. So you have guys like it's Asho. just it's It's crazy to me, just like just like with officiating, where there's no set parameters as to what determines, uh, you know, a flag in the heat of the moment. So it's very much subjective. They could see one thing is holding, but then on the very next play, the exact same thing isn't holding, and there's no dead set. You know, that's that's what it is. It's the same thing with the MVP. There are general parameters. There's a general idea of what people think an MVP is, but there's no set definition of what you account for when you're making that vote, you know? And and so that's why you have this situation where you have a guy, and look, no disrespect to Lamar. He had a good season. He was on one of the best yeah. teams. They had a great defense. I like Lamar Jackson, Me but too. he wasn't the MVP this year. The most valuable player in the league? Absolutely not. It's, it's just it's, it is what it is. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about it just because it's you know it's kind of silly in one in, in one respect. but at the same time, I mean you you have to acknowledge at some point Josh has got to get the acknowledgement that he deserves from 
the general, the widespread fan base across the league. Instead of these weird narratives where they're picking one thing that he does and focusing on that versus the other 10 things that he does amazing. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, mm-hmm. it's strange to me, the amount of uh, vitriol that, that for whatever reason, Josh Allen generates. I, I still don't get it. I think a lot of it is pre-draft stuff that people just will not let go of. And it's weird. It Look, I've been wrong a lot about a lot of things. If I don't, if I can't admit that I'm wrong about something, then, then I got a problem. And a lot of these people just don't, don't want to admit they're wrong. They don't want to, for lack of a better term, take the L. And it's like, man, drop the pride a little bit because you lose credibility when you refuse to accept something that's right in front of your face. If, if you said, hey, Randy, the sky is blue. And I was like, man, you're an idiot. It's gray. You know, it's gray all the time. I look dumb. That's the way the Josh Allen people are. They look dumb. The Nick Wrights of the world who refuse to give the guy credit, he looks he he loses credibility. But again, for some people it's just a shtick. For other people that actually believe it, those are the ones that are stupid. Those are the those are the yeah. dummies that you have to ignore. I don't I don't care about a guy like Nick Wright because I know it's an act. Mm-hmm. You know. Take yeah, him not off sure. camera I, I and talk to him one on thing, one, man. and he might actually have an intelligent take. Yeah, Acho. Yeah, a little bit, I, I think, but I don't know. He didn't have Josh in the top. He strikes five, me as one man. of those things. He's more crazy. Smart. And he actually yeah. admitted that he he says things to to draw attention. So uh, it's crazy how the NFL still gives a platform for for those people to actually impact the voting their voting their official voting so i feel like they must do something about that because it's reaching a point where it it has you can you can even take it, it into consideration like and players have some stuff on their contracts based on those awards on those pro bowl votes and and it means nothing nowadays even josh i saw a video with josh meeting i think it was taylor lee one right and lee one was like apologizing to him for him not getting not winning the award and josh kind of oh i didn't win like acting like surprised you know but poking fan at the league and at the, the award and the yeah. ceremony and he can't even take it seriously nobody can right yeah and he he knows and that's why he wasn't that's why he he, he kind of snubbed them as far as being in the audience you know everybody the other guys are sitting there, you know, knowing that they're not going to get their name called. And Josh is like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to go have fun with my buddies and go do this trivia bowl thing or whatever it was. You know, I mean, good for him for having for being a good sport about it, but for also kind of thumbing his nose at, at the league and their BS awards, you know, and Pro Bowl and stuff like that. Oh, you want to be a third alternate for the Pro Bowl? He's like, no, nah, I'm going to go play in the Pebble Beach Pro Am. I'm going to go play some golf. Screw you guys. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally right. Uh, I feel like he's totally right, and I hope he take it to the heart and and works even harder with his teammates to to get the ultimate respect that that's holding the Lombardi Trophy. And then nobody will be able to take anything out of them, despite believing that a lot of people will still talk trash and still refuse to acknowledge uh, their greatness. So I I feel like it's inevitable at this point. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
Bills Mafia, hit that like button, subscribe to Buffalo Rumble's channel, help us to keep growing, interact as with the chat. Renan has has a, an interesting take uh, here, uh, Randy, about I couldn't understand why Josh wasn't in the conversation for offensive player of the year, because exactly, if you're not going to make him the MVP, man, who else produced more offensively than Josh Allen? You could at least, you know, kind of give him a... <laughs> Uh, consolation prize as offensive player of the year, but he wasn't even nominated there. So, yeah, we can't make it make sense. Sorry, Renan. Sorry, everybody else, but really makes no sense as Renan states here. Let's move on to our our main goal here, our main subject for this leading the chart of today, because we could stay <laughs> talking badly about this kind of stuff all day long but let's move on to draft talk and free agency talk i want to start with free agents okay randy um because obviously i feel like bean is gonna we have some holes right now right it's obvious but by draft time uh we've seen Bean working and he makes everything he does everything possible to 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 fill those holes before draft time arrives, and uh, at least with uh, some decent veterans or, or experienced veterans, at least, even if they don't have a huge potential to be a, for example, a great number two wide receiver or a starting defensive tackle, he will sign somebody to have the bodies, to have the experience there, to have a floor on those positions of need. That's what I believe. And who, whose guys do you see as fits for what the Bills can pay for them and and for what the Bills need in those positions of need, especially wide receivers, safety, and defensive line? Well, I mean, let's let's kind of go over them one by one here. Um, so if you're looking at right now before any tags or anything are applied or extensions that are that are done, um, You've got you've got some guys on the top end of the uh, of the spectrum here for for wide receivers. So Mike Evans, OBJ, T. Higgins, Calvin Ridley. They're well, not maybe not OBJ, but right now his salary is in the top end of what people are going to be looking mm -hmm. at. So those are going to be all the 10, 12, 15, 17 plus million dollar a year guys. So you can pretty much count them out as far as the bills are concerned. So you got stuff about Mike Evans, forget about it. OBJ, forget about it. Uh, you know, uh, who do we mention? T Higgins, forget about it. Calvin I'd, Ridley, Higgins, forget about I'd it. I love him. Those are the guys you're probably not going to yeah. see anywhere close to Buffalo. Of course. It's, I mean, you like the player, you don't like the price tag. It is what it is. Yeah. So who could be, uh, a less expensive target for Buffalo in the free agency market. Now we're talking again, we're talking about somebody who's going to come in as the probably wide receiver two to four, maybe five. Okay. Depending on the rookie that they pick, because they're going to take a rookie somewhere. Okay. So if you're running the spectrum of that type of receiver, you've got Curtis Samuel, you've got, Kendrick Bourne, DJ Chark, Paris Campbell, maybe a Nelson Aguilar, Hollywood Brown, Hollywood Brown, Michael Pittman Jr. And and, and maybe a, on a lower end like LaVisca Chenault. And we'll stop there as far as free agency options. Okay. Which of those names just lights your hair on fire. Yeah, man, I will tell one thing. I, I li I'd like to see Hollywood Brown playing with Josh Allen. Obviously, it's hard to, to believe in 2024 that Hollywood Brown is going to set the world on fire, right? But I feel like, just like Ted Dean do you, Jr. Do you want to measure your number weapon, two? Yeah, it would be a, a, a difficult bet, right? It right. would be really difficult. So if you if so. you look at it that way, 
if you look at it that way, where does that lead us in terms of wide receiver? That leads us in that leads us to the draft more than free agency. So it looks like from to me, it looks like free agency is probably going to be where you supplement your wide receiver room and not where you build it from, right? Yeah. So what could they build in free agency? You know, so let's go over to let's say defensive tackle and take a look at who is the upcoming free agents in the defensive tackle market. Well, we know Daquan Jones is obviously there. He's an he's an extension candidate for us. We know Tim Settle, I believe, is going to be there. Um, you know, if you want to bring him back on a on a small deal or what have you, uh, that's you know, that's that's 50-50 for me. If you want to bring him back on a one-year deal, that's that's all right. He's a good depth rotational player, but he's not anything special by any means. So who's at the top of the defensive tackle market? And when you think about that, how old are they? So yes. you've got Chris Jones and DJ Reader who are both both pushing 30. Okay. Uh, then you've got, let's see, it looks like Grover Stewart, 30. Fletcher Cox, 33. Sheldon Rankins, 30. Austin Johnson, 30. Daquan Jones, 32. Uh, Tim Settle, 26 and a half. So he'll be 27 by the time the season starts, basically. And then you got guys yeah. down there at the bottom. They're not in the bottom, but you got other guys down there a little bit further who aren't at the top of the pay scale yet. Um, you've got Christian Wilkins. That would be an interesting ad, bringing Christian Wilkins to Buffalo. Maybe those groups will be a little bit more friendly now. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. Javon Kinlaw, a South Carolina guy from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Injuries, but very high draft pick, uh, kind of unfulfilled okay, show, potential show there. there. Could be worth a flyer. Really depends on his market. Um, mm-hmm. Really depends on his market and, and what the valuation is. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that you could bring in. Uh, Taven Bryan, another guy, not a superstar, but a solid player to bring in as part of a rotation. He could be a, a good little, you know, addition uh, next to Ed Oliver. Um, Hassan Ridgeway, Sebastian Joseph, you know, guys like that. So it, that, those are the type of guys that I would anticipate seeing uh, be, brought, be brought in or considered, guys in that range. Maybe a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit lower. But as far as name guys that you might recognize, that's kind of where where my mind is. Those are the guys that you could bring those guys in. All those guys that I mentioned are in the twenty eight, you know, twenty nine range. So you could give them the two three year deal like Jaquan Jones got, and they'd be out of here by the time they're like thirty three. Which is yeah. the same, which is basically the same age that Jaquan Jones is getting out of here at. So you get them from like twenty nine to thirty two, thirty three, and you know, and then you move on to the next one, rotate it in. They're gonna they're gonna draft one uh, probably on day one or day two anyway, um, so I think with that combining the draft that kind of covers your defensive tackle. Probably draft another one later, plus pick up another cheap one or two in free agency, like super cheap, like vet minimum deals. But in terms of name guys that you recognize, that's kind of where I'd be looking um, for possible targets for for Bean. If you want to move to safety. Because that's really yeah. our three positions that we're looking at, right? Mm-hmm. I think the the big names that people are thinking about is Jeremy Chin is the big one from Carolina. Yes. And Kyle Duggar from New England. Um, and I got to get the numbers here just so I can see where they're at as far as their contracts go. But uh, I know there Chin are some guys over at Cover 1 that really like Jeremy Chin. I like Jeremy Chin a lot. Um, me, me as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and he's meter, and he's a guy know, that you, you might be able to put Jeremy Chin on, on the Jordan Boyer deal. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you can Jeremy Jeremy Chin to me is not in the exact same situation as Jordan Poyer because Poyer was coming off a much different injury than Chin is. Yeah. But Chin's had multiple years of like missing a couple games and. It's not being utilized uh, probably in the way that he wants to be utilized, and I, I think that he's one of the one of those guys that could use a change of scenery, and that we might be the perfect scenery for him. Um, Still young, you right? Got, like Darnell Savage coming off of his uh, rookie contract in Green Bay, uh, Whitehead 
in New York um, for the Jets. You know, he he <laughs> he got Josh a couple times week one last year. So yes. you know, maybe they bring yeah. him in. I I I'm of the opinion that safeties in this defense, and I know that there's a lot of change going on, but I feel like safeties in this defense, um, we don't have to necessarily go for the high high end money and talent wise because this staff and this head coach specifically does a good job with getting them in the right positions. And I know Jerry Gray just left or Jerry Butler just left. Um, so the secondary is, is in flux as far as the coaching goes, but I still have faith um, in this head coach in, in that respect. So uh, look for him to add, you know, again, draft and free agency, one or two, three players in there to rotate through you. You still got, uh, was it Cam Lewis back there as a reserve that I think he's on an RFA deal or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. So they could bring him back on a cheap one, probably. Um, you, and you still got Tamar Hamlin, right? We'll see if he's on the back. team next year. Or not. Yeah, you know Taylor Rapp's an option. I wasn't particularly blown away by him, so you know. Me neither. We'll see what happens there. Um, I think, like we discussed last time with the Lofton exercise, I think safety is a position where. You know, needs improvement, or you can do better um, across the board because it looks like Hyde won't be back, and Poyer clearly not the same guy that he was two, three years ago. Um, so I, I think you need to upgrade there in both spots. Yeah, man, and, and thinking cost benefit, right? With obviously, I have these portrait numbers here, and 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 what they are supposed to get i don't know some of the values are a little bit low in my opinion but um what would be the best case scenario for you if you were in in bean shoes and taking into consideration the cap and what the bills will have to work with where would you expand more or where would you maybe not spend that much and Maybe with the names, in your opinion, with the guys you like in this free agency, who would be the guys who you would sign for those positions so you could go to the draft with an open mind and not needing to draft by, by need? Uh, I don't think there's anybody wide receiver-wise that I would be willing to pay um, to get that off of the need board for draft-wise. So I'd be looking at defensive tackle and safety first and foremost in free agency to kind of fill the gaps. Now, based on how they structure it, based on how many levers he pulls for extensions and and that, that type of thing uh, will dictate how much cap space we have. Um, there, is, there is one player that I feel if he were to actually hit the market and not get franchised, not get tagged, not get an extension before – before free agency starts, there's there's one guy uh, that if Bean could free up the money for, this would be the guy that I would I would spend on, and it kind of contradicts what I just said because um, I didn't realize honestly I didn't realize he was he was going to be on the market potentially, uh, and that's Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, I yeah. I think if you if you pony up for him, that's gonna that's gonna take that secondary into a whole nother level. Um, based on who they have already uh, and then fill, you know, that other safety spot, you'd be able to fill in the draft. Um, I, I think Antoine Winfield Jr. would be an amazing ad. And if Bean pulled that off, uh, Spot Track has him projected as a, as a value of 18.4 average annual salary. Um, it's a big number, you know, that, that's a big number. But if they can structure it right, It'd be it'd be a really awesome ad. Absolutely, man. I would be fine uh, bringing in. Obviously, they gotta be in a in a, in in cheap deals or at least uh, deals that the Bills can afford. Jeremy Sheen, absolutely at safety. I believe he can uh, he can play better than he's done for the Panthers, and and he's still young. I would also like to add Kyle Duggar if possible, right? Uh, he's in the division and he's been awesome playing for the Patriots. I really believe he would be an awesome addition at safety. 
but obviously not it wouldn't be possible to add all of them but maybe one of them would be already great uh and the defensive tackle position yeah, i really Douglas believe Sorry, Duggar's Duggar's projection is sixteen point five per year, so he's less than Winfield. Yeah, slightly. Yeah, it's likely. It's still difficult to to pull out, right? But Chin, I I believe that's a, a good name. Even Whitehead, who's played good for the Jets and and already in the division, uh, a guy who can do a little bit of of it all, right? Um, so those are some names that could help, in my opinion. And then a defensive tackle, I really believe Daquan Jones will be back. I don't know if anybody's throwing a lot of money at him. I don't believe so. And and at the end of the day, I think he will feel like he's more valuable for the Bills than, than he could, can be for, for any other team. I feel like his injury uh, will help the Bills to keep him, right? And that's a good addition because you, you can go to the draft to draft a guy with potential, to develop to be in the rotation but you already have your your top two set your your four set with Daquan and I Oliver back and at wide receiver as I told you before I I believe Holland Brown if for ship not spending a lot on him I feel like at the very least he offers you a deep threat a guy who can come in and and treat the uh, defenses downfield and and who knows maybe he can surprise and, and be your number two i don't believe so but uh i feel like he can be valuable for the bills and and offer that speed that we've lacked recently curtis samuel is another name that people has talked about because of his uh connection to to joe brady right and that's another guy who has a lot of speed to 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 threaten defenses downfield and those two names i believe are are Two names that you can get for for not maybe for for cheap but for affordable deals and and that can make you go to the draft without um the absolute need of a, a top-notch wide receiver you know you can be a little bit more patient uh knowing that you have some guys that have experience in 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 top roles for for the previous teams yeah, but here, here's the thing. What I think about in terms of a wide receiver two and, and adding somebody to this team specifically, if I bring somebody in to be a wide receiver two, I want to be very, very confident that they can win on their own because the way that this year played out, Diggs is going to draw doubles, and right behind him, Kincaid is going to draw doubles. So whoever that wide and you saw it with Shakir late in the year, he was able he was able to win, you know, his assignments, and that's why he was getting the ball because he was getting open. Gabe Davis wasn't, you know, Gabe Davis, yeah. for lack of a better term, even if he was even if he was open, it maybe wasn't going his way anyway. But you know, we need a guy that can win on his own, and so I look at the wide receivers that are available in free agency, and if they fit in that wider two spot. And on paper, sure, they could. Some of those guys could be a wide receiver too. Hollywood Brown could be a two, and could be a high level two. But can Hollywood Brown win his win on his own? You know, more snaps than than not. I don't know. I don't. I don't know about that. Um, the second, the back half of the season, I saw a stat uh, yesterday that we we saw a lot of man coverage. Um, the set the back half of the season, and you know it makes me think that I want a guy that maybe he can be a little bit more physical and win that way. You know, doesn't have, doesn't mean you have to be slow. I'm not I'm not saying that, but I kind of want my wide receiver two to be my wide receiver one waiting in the wings, and that's why I want to go to the draft to be that guy. Now, if he takes a year to develop. That's okay, you know, if we sign a guy like a Hollywood Brown for a one-year Band-Aid, much in the same way that we did Emmanuel Sanders. You know, mm -hmm. that's okay. But as long as there's yeah. a, a solid plan there and not just kind of throwing throwing darts at a board and hoping to hit a bullseye. You know, it needs to be targeted. It needs to be thought out and planned. Um, and so that's why I'm more in favor of drafting for that top-end need but supplementing with the free agency. Got it. Uh, 
Yeah, I totally understand, and I wouldn't also make a huge investment on Hollywood Brown. I, I mean, like really bringing a guy to be a, a bridge guy in in a, a backup plan in case, just in case the the draft the board doesn't fall the way you expect, or from at least from what I've been doing recently in mock drafts, I it always feels like the Bills will need a trade up because I don't know the guys that are available on. on 28th pick you always feel like oh i will trade down them to wait a little bit more you know because there are some some equivalent guys in my opinion in in this spot and the bills must need to trade up for a guy they like or or even spend or or even reach a little bit on other people's eyes even if you they think that way if you have the guy you, you like you can do that right as long as you can pan out and produce I'm fine with that as well. So let's move to draft them because that seems the best bet. So uh, where the Bills can add impactful players for next season and and if they can really develop well uh, along the year, the, the first year in the league, they might be able to reach playoff time already as kind of difference makers and helping the Bills to to reach their next goals, right? So uh looking at the draft who are your crushes so far uh randy so from wide receiver point basically i mean everybody knows my guy xavier luget he came in at senior bowl um you know had a bad first day probably hampered by a little bit of an injury came back day two and really showed people what he's about and then uh wide receiver or day three came out and uh uh, you know, pretty much shut it down, had, you know, that let, that nagging injury kind of put an end to his week. But uh, I think, you know, coming up here at the Combine, it's going to be important that he's healthy to show everybody that power and explosion and speed that he has. I think he's going to blow up the Combine. Um, and at that 28, uh, at the 28 to 40 range, I think is where his spot is, somewhere in that range, 26 to 40. Um, I don't think that we can wait on him to be available in round two at our spot at 60. So if he is a target that we want to go after, we're going to either just bite the bullet at 28 and take him and, you know, understand that maybe you overdrafted a guy by a few spots or you try and trade back and hope nobody has the same idea. Um, but yeah, other than him, I think Pearson, Florida, McConkey from Georgia are both good, like, day two options. Um, I know Troy Franklin's getting a lot of love. From uh, you know some some of the people in the content creator community, um, I don't see it the same way. I think he's a guy that faces a lot of off coverage and needs to add some weight to be able to win at the NFL level. Um, so I think he's a little bit more of a of a development project than maybe people might think he is. Um, other guys, Keon Coleman, not a big fan of. He's not a natural separator. I think he can win physically, but I don't. I don't. To me, he's he seems like he's more Gabe Davis than anything else. So he's more of a day two, high day three guy to me. Um, the top of the the top of the charts: Odunze, Neighbors, and Harrison Jr. All combinations of you know side speed, vertical, you know vertical ability, explosion. Um, even though neighbors is listed only at, at six foot, he's still, he plays, you know, he plays big. Brian Thomas Jr. is another one, six, four, um, you know, size, speed, good explosion, burst, vertical threat downfield. These are the guys that we're looking at. If we can't get those guys, if we can't get a get, you know, I, I think you're looking at um, more of the Pearsall type players. So, It'll, yeah, it'll be man, interesting to see where it all shakes out. Everybody has different criteria looking for, you know. Um, I know I, uh, I want, I don't. He doesn't have to be six, you know, six three, six four, anything like that. Six one, six two is fine. Yeah, man. Watching neighbors. Um, uh, neighbor, uh, he, he. I want speed and I'm a build. That can so much and get through. Guys, neighbors, 
watching him play, man, he I know he's smaller a little bit, but his oh, yeah, style reminds me reminds Sammy Watkins coming out, you know, explosive, making plays everywhere, and and really impressed by by his tape, and 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 would be would be awesome to trade up for him, but I don't know if Bean is going that route, especially if something happens. I, I'm still afraid that Gabe Davis will be back, Randy. I feel like Gabe Davis won't see the money on free agency. And then the Bills will be able to bring him back for cheap for a one-year deal. I don't know, just to prove it, you know. I hope I'm wrong, but if they do that, they will set the floor. And with a guy that's already the run receiver too, and, and they will be able to wait a little bit in the draft. In their eyes, despite I'm, agreeing, uh, I'm disagreeing with this kind of way of building. Uh, but a guy that you didn't mention and I really, really like is Adonai Mitchell from Texas, right? And that's a 21-year-old. I feel like he has the potential to become a number one down the stretch. Uh, he has the size. He can separate. He can, for a 21-year-old, I feel like he's a pretty good route runner. He has great hands. So I really like that kid. He He's in a guy who's going to play inside. He's in a guy who who's offering a lot after catch but i feel like as an outside wide receiver your number two to begin his career with the bills he can offer he's not the most explosive and the fastest wide receiver in, uh in the draft as well but he can threat defenses downfield he has the size he has the hands so i i'd love to to have Adonai mitchell as a bill and, and to mitchell Adonai mitchell from texas I'd love to have him oh, as a, okay. Okay. A, a project being developed behind Diggs, you know, learning from him and and, and becoming your wide receiver too. I feel like he has the frame to put on some weight still and and to be a willing blocker as well as uh, your wide receiver too. We know that that's important in that role, role, sorry. And so that's a guy I really like and that's a guy that I might overdraft maybe at the 28 i feel uh about him just like you feel about Leggett. if you like him you gotta draft him at 28 because otherwise you are risking losing this guy a little a little bit later and they start of the second round right yeah i i think mitchell is in the zay jones territory where he might get drafted a little bit high and it might take him it might take him you know deep into his first contract or possibly at the end of his second contract before the light really comes on. Um, I like him. I think he's got potential, but I think there, I think there's a learning curve there that, that might, um, that might change perceptions on him, you know, after he gets drafted. Uh -huh. Got it. Yeah. It's a, a fair assessment. And about Coleman, man, man, his tape, uh, his, some of his catches are crazy right and you see the frame and the size and you you kind of and even from florida state so it's kind of the the guy uh, not Bean because Bean wasn't the general manager but he was part of the team the guy that the the panthers drafted in kelvin benjamin back in the day right a uh, big uh, size target who can go up and grab it and doesn't really care about separating you know is always uh trying to win those contested catches. I feel like Coleman could offer that for the Bills as well. And we know being brought Benjamin in as the first uh, the first potential number one for Josh Allen. It didn't work out for several reasons. But for a change, you know, I feel like it, it would be nice to have this kind of guy available for Allen because we've had only speedsters and smaller kind of guys and Maybe for a change, it would be nice to to have because let's be honest, Gabe has some size, but he he doesn't have the the poten the 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 ability to win contested catches all the time. In fact, most of the Josh Allen interceptions are through in direction of Gabe Davis, and and I I always talk about it how Gabe kind of refuses to battle for some of those balls, you know. So. Maybe Coleman would be nice in this sense, but you already said that you're not the biggest fan of that guy, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I just don't know if what he does in college is going to translate well enough to the pros to make that high of an investment, you know. Um, I think Gabe Davis being more of a finesse big receiver kind of lends itself to what you were talking about, you know, where, yeah, he's got size, but he doesn't really use it. Um, Coleman's not afraid to use his size. I wonder if his if his almost basketballish mentality about using his body um, is going to be a hindrance as a pro because he doesn't have that physical ability to really separate um, when he needs to. And I know his, his his time speed, you know, based on what I'm looking at, says four four five, and that's fast. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't see four four five when I've seen clips of Coleman. Yeah. Got it. And how about defensive tackle position, man? The defensive tackle position uh, is also a position of need, as we talked in the free agency part of the show. And who are the the prospects that you might see being able to help the Bills out in year one already? Well, I mean, I think there's a couple names out there that are that are hot on people's uh, minds, and that's uh, the kid Fisk from Florida State that had a big week at the Senior Bowl. Um, Sweat, another one, had a big week at the Senior Bowl. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where things progress because they both have limitations on them that I don't know if either one of them is like a, a full three-down um, defensive tackle. You know, I think there might be some things there. Chop Robinson's getting some love for people as a possible edge idea. Um, it just really depends. Excuse me. Yeah. This really depends on where they where they see that value um, for the position. I I know that Bean values building in the defensive line trenches, so I'm pretty confident that defensive tackle or God forbid defensive end edge is going to be is going to be a premium uh, selection, one of the top three rounds. But uh, I think if you're looking at guys for the Bills, you look at you know Murphy. Sweat, uh, Newton from uh, Illinois, maybe, um, and then uh, Lauren. Uh, what's his name? The guy from Miami. What's his name? Phillips. Is that his name or Williams? Williams from Miami. Oh, He's another one okay. too. So there's, yeah. So I mean, there there are some options out there. Yeah, man. Huh. I, I yeah, there are some options really out like, there. I really like Murphy. But I don't believe he will. I think the Bills will need to draft him in the first. If they need. If they want him, right? So, and and then Sweat. I, I I've been looking at those big yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean the, the, the great thing is, is that there's only so many spots in the first round. Yeah, that's true. But I still feel like Murphy maybe isn't even there at 28. I I think he's that good. Now Sweat. Uh, I've been looking at big guys and some. Maybe guys that can play alongside uh, Ed Oliver long term, you know, instead of more more like rotating with him. And Sweat fits the bill. Uh, even a guy that I've been uh, looking at some tape, and he's in maybe what the Bills use. We haven't seen the Bills drafting or going after those huge nose tackles, right? But with the the way the Bills defense has played small. It might be nice to have one of those in the middle to play early downs. And, and uh, McKinley Jackson from Texas A&M is uh, this kind of nose tackle, you know, big guy over 320 pounds. And, and, and that guy that always is drawing double teams and occupying blockers and maybe freeing up other people to play. So I like this style of player. Not sure if the Bills going to. In, the, in that direction, but I'd like to see him. And that's a guy you can have later, maybe in round three. So this is an interesting name. And another one is uh, else from LSU. Yeah? Yeah. But some, something else to keep in mind is that, you know, we just, we just lost our defensive uh, line coach, you know, and we have a new defensive yeah. coordinator coming in. So it's very much one of those situations where maybe what we've done in the past isn't what we're looking at for the future. So the guys 
that we're thinking about all fit in the, you know, McDermott bills from 2017 to 2023 range. And maybe we need to look outside of the box to somebody else, you know? Um, yeah. Because like you said, we haven't know, had man. like that giant nose tackle. Maybe that's, maybe I have that's a hard time that they're going to bring in. I have a hard time believing McDermott is really allow a, a big change to happen, you know, but we'll see. He's been evolving. He's been changing. He yeah, changes I'm, his late game calls as a defensive I don't disagree caller, right? with you. So I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree. I'm just saying maybe, you know, yeah, maybe. <laughs> true, true. And and another guy is Mason Mason Smith from, from LSU. This guy, uh, he can do it all physically, all right? And that's another guy who, obviously, we are early in the process, but a guy who can be taken in the second, in the third round, and might be able to develop as a nice partner for Ed Oliver for, for a long time. Physically, he has it all. he got to be developed, but just like you said, new defensive line coach, new coaches taking over on D. Maybe they can try to, to put their hands on this guy and, and make extract the best out of him as a, a physical specimen as he is and at safety randy uh can we do you see the bills maybe investing in the first round now we have former kitchens uh kitchens uh defensive coaches the bills defensive backs coach now right so the connection is already there that's a guy who should be available at the end of the first round and a good name a name i really like how do you see this safety class and the Bills fits. Well, I totally understand the idea that we just brought in Miami's secondary coach to be our secondary coach. So Kamari Kitchens is going to be an easy connection to make. I really don't think we need to make safety a top priority in the draft based on this coaching staff and the success they've had of turning, you know, mid to lower thought of players into viable starters or better. So Kamari Kitchens to the Bills first round, easy to make the connection. Would I like it? No. Would I hate it? Eh, pretty much. Um, but, you know, if he turns into a great player for us, awesome. But I, I would rather wait for safety later, as in like day three later. We've got 10 picks. Uh, maybe use that second, third rounder on a safety. And then another you know fifth and seventh on corner safety hybrid flex players that you can use on special teams and all that. I, I, I don't think we need to spend a first on a safety um, or a second, really. Uh, it's just, I mean, I know it's a need but it's just not the way that I want this team to be built. Got it. Yeah, it makes total sense, and especially if we look at, at the, the depth at the cornerback position, for now at least, because obviously we don't, we don't know yet about Davis White and how soon he'll be able to get back uh, on the field, and if the Bills will still retain him, there are a lot of question marks about Trey's future, but we have Trey, we have Rasul Douglas, we have Benford, we have Elon, we have a lot of uh, cornerbacks there. And and do you see the Bills maybe trying to to move any of them or or to make any of them a possibility at safety? Benford has been mentioned so many times, but he's won the cornerback two job every year. He's been there, so. It's difficult to move a guy who's won there to to safety, maybe. So, how do we evaluate this possibility to minimize the needed safety? I don't. I don't think Benford moves. I don't think Benford moves. I think Trey White at safety is a long shot. Um, so it's really going to be built from from free agency and, and the draft, uh, my opinion. I don't. I don't really see a whole lot on the roster right now to to fill those voids, other than you know Cam Lewis, Demar Hamlin. They'll probably stick around, um, but I think your Dane Jackson's probably gone. I don't think he converts. Yeah. They'll probably yeah. do something with Trey White. They might. They might end up getting rid of him uh, just because of the number. 
I know they don't want to, but based on the injuries and the, and the salary and everything, it might be something that they do. Makes sense. But, yeah, that's pretty much the way I see it. Yeah, and some people have talked Elon, but, man, it makes no sense for me to move Elon to safety where some of the reasons he hasn't played so much uh, gets even more important about the communication, the, the comfort level playing zones, you know, the tackling ability. I don't, I don't see how how Elon would fit as a safety. And my my, I, I really believe the best shot for Elon is with the new DBs coach, maybe working a little bit uh, in uh, with techniques that makes him more comfortable instead of moving him to safety. Uh, yeah, Elon moving to safety, I think, is, is a non-starter right now. I don't, I don't think that's something that you want to do. Yeah. So Henan has some some opinions here. He agrees with you about Coleman's game. He's at least he he thinks it's not sustainable. That's a question mark that you just showed us here. And he has some names here. Uh, Randy, Troy Franklin, man, Troy Franklin. I really believe he has the speed, but that 170 weight, 170 pounds, uh, it scares me. You know, I feel like. He's youngest as Adonai Mitchell. He's a guy that offers some of the things that Adonai Mitchell's offered, like the, uh, being young, being able to be developed. But I don't know. I, I, I From what I saw from Franklin, his hands also looked for me uh, a little bit suspect. And I'm sick of drops. So that's what puts me a little bit away of Franklin uh, at the wide receiver group. Yeah. And he has also McMillan there in Corley. Uh, the other guys, what could you tell us about? We talked a lot about Sweat, but, but then Nubbing, the Utah guy, I believe, right? And and Fisk, you already talked about him. Yeah, Fisk, Fisk had a good week at the Senior Bowl. I'm trying to get, sorry, I'm trying to get my mouse down here so I can see that comment. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah, Fisk had a good week at the Senior Bowl, but I'm I believe, if I remember right, his arms came up a little bit short, which was a concern. But you know, high motor, high motor guy. Um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna get all the he's gonna get all the uh, the stereotypical white guy comps as far as you know ones that people like. So the same things that they said about Harrison Phillips as far as being a you know high character and blue collar and lunch pail guy and high New motor. High and yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna I get wish. all those. You know, he's he's, he's gonna get. All, he's going to get all those coded things where people just want to say, oh, you know, we like him. He's a white guy. Um, he's going to get all those things. Uh, and not that they're not deserved. You know, he, he's a good player. Um, but there are there are a couple questions. Um, but he could be a guy, you know, day two, second round. I could see it. You know, no problem. Um, as far as Malachi Corley, he's been getting a lot of love uh, coming out of the Senior Bowl. He'll probably be one of those uh, high day three or day two, maybe day two, but more than likely like a high day three guy that's going to come in and have a lot of fanfare. Um, and we'll see what happens. You know, maybe it'll translate. It's hard because the senior bowl is a good display for some things, but also it can be kind of fool's gold in other ways. Um, and so you got to go back and look at what he did in college. And then it's Western Kentucky. So there's a little bit of a competition level question. And I'm not denying that the player is, you know, what he, what he's put out there has been good. What he's put on film has been, has been good. And what he did in the senior bowl was very good, but there's just, there's level questions that I have about guys like that. So uh, again, I, if I'm looking at Malachi Corley, I'm, I'm hoping that he slips into, you know, into day three, uh, mid day three, you know, bottom of the fourth round, top of the fifth, and then snag him. You know, uh, that's that's kind of like at. Shakir. Kind of like Shakir, yeah. Kind of like Shakir, where you're wondering, they're like, man, why is he, why is he falling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Senior Bowl, man, I was fooled by Zay Jones in the Senior Bowl. I'll never forget that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again. That was a guy where he set all these records and he looks the part. He's got yeah. size. He's got, he's got speed. He's got his great catches all on tape. But, you know, there was just a little bit of competition level adjustment that he had to make and learning how to play the pros game and not the second tier college level game. 
And now he's now he's a he's a you know he's a decent NFL wide receiver. Yeah. Would yeah. you trade up in oh. the second again to, to draft Zay Jones? Nope. No, I'd trade Gabe Davis for Zay Jones. Absolutely. <laughs> so I mean that's and that's what I tend to think about. Like when you're looking at wide receivers, like yeah, all these guys, their highlight tapes look great. And they go to the senior bowl and they do great things. And they go to the combine, and they're gonna run well. At the end of the day, what what does it look like on the field in the game and adjust it to the new competition level? You're not playing against, you know, the 17th or 18th percent best players in in the country anymore. You're playing the top 1% every week, all day. And can, can you raise your game to that level for some guys? Yes. For many, many, many of them, most of them. No. So that's that's where I'm at with these with this with this the the second third or the third fourth tier wide receiver guys that are the people say oh they're climbing boards yeah I mean maybe but not really the top tier guys are set one hundred percent I agree Randy thank you so much man for taking your time joining us again today talking some draft, some free agency. I really appreciate you taking your time. And hopefully you're back again soon, sooner or later, rather than later. It will be always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. Appreciate it. Bills Mafia, thank you so much. Hit that like button, subscribe to Buffalo Rumbles. This show will be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well. Um, feel free to download, play there. And I really appreciate you taking your time joining us today. People who interact in the chat, thank you so much. It was a blast to interact with you. And if you are watching in another moment, let us know about your opinions, the guys you agree, disagree, your crushes. It will be a pleasure to interact with in the YouTube section, also the comment section. So I'll be back on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, to talk some bills in Portuguese with a lot of interaction in the chat. And next week, with the show in English on Friday again. Thank you so much for joining us, and go Bills! Go Bills!